Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Good morning, millennials. Welcome back to The Toast. Happy Wednesday. It is our favorite day here at The Toast. It is hump day, middle of the week shenanigans. And speaking of girls who I believe got humped, uh, it is my pregnant sister and co-host. Yeah, that's right. Pregnant. Jax. Hey, Jax. What's going on? Hey, Charity Luhu. Uh, <laughs> not much. Just, yeah, being pregnant, we announced. Turdy and I announced our news yesterday. We're very excited <laughs> about this next chapter. We are. Um, now I posted on my Instagram yesterday that I'm pregnant. We dropped a Patreon episode with all the deets, how I'm feeling. The gender. The gender, what's been going on, how Turdy's feeling, what this means for Turdy. How, how Turdy's kind of being pushed out. <laughs> how Turdy's being pushed out, but also how this is great for Turdy as well. Yeah, no, it's so true. There's so many benefits for Aunt La Turd. And that's really all you can ask from a sister. From a turd. So Harry, now that you like um, are, are out and about, you said something to me, like I don't even think on the podcast, just like in life about how being pregnant in the first trimester is so hard because you feel the worst, but you also can't tell anyone. Yeah. So, so complain, girly. How you, you know, feeling? It's like the last few months. These days I am feeling better, but the last few months, like, I would want to say like, I'm tired or I don't feel well or something. And, or what did I do yesterday? Fucking nothing. Cause I was so fatigued and couldn't move. Yeah. Um, that's when you want to like share and kind of complain, but you can't. And then now yeah. I am feeling a little better and I'm like, what's everyone chatting about? Yeah. Right. What's going on guys? What's the hot, what's the four one one? What's everybody talking about? Yeah. So, um, I am, I'm feeling better in the second trimester. The first, especially the first few weeks were rough, like just mm -hmm. so, so, so tired, like depleted beyond. Um, I talk about in the Patreon, like, you know, what I did mostly eating healthier, unfortunately helped mm. a lot. I know. So lame. Not lame, disappointed. I know, because you think you're pregnant, like, let's gorge. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, then you feel like absolute garbage. So just, you know, smaller meals more frequently, which is what they say, you know? I just never actually <sighs> ingested that information. It's so annoying when they are right. No, when it's like, sure, I could eat small meals frequently, but why not just one big one and not have to think about it for a few hours? That's pretty much the philosophy I've subscribed to for most of my life. But I'll be thinking about something else if I do that, which is how awful I feel. So S small meals it is. So you might feel awful, but 
the toast always, always makes you feel better. Is that like a proven pregnancy, like kind of doctor approved thing that you have, have going on? Yeah, it's definitely, it's nice to have distractions. The toast. Oh, so that's all we are to you. Yeah, Just you, a no. side piece, a distraction. That's all you are to me, Turdy. I'm kidding. You're my main, you're my main squeeze. Speaking of Turdy, today we have Dear Toasters and two things. One, we have an update that will literally bring a tear to your eye. It's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. It's so beautiful. It sounds like a lie. Okay, that's how beautiful it is. We're that's how fantastic. We're going to need a fact um, check on that. And then two, it's so funny how Turdy has taken on such a life of its own. When people have been writing in recently, people always love to, you know, talk about their friends or husbands and they obviously won't say their real name. So they'll always come up with a fake name like Theo, Bruno, Harry, Rold. Um, everyone is naming their significant others, Turdy. Their significant others. Wow. Yeah. Turdy's That's caught kind on of like the, wildfire. That's the impact Turdy has had. It's impactful. It is. I mean, so is being a mother, which you can hear all about Jackie's journey to motherhood, number two, on the Patreon, patreon.com slash toast. It is a video and audio podcast you can watch or you can listen. And we're talking about it all. We're mentioning it all. You know, Jackie having sex, BBT, the gender, motherhood, being pregnant with a one-year-old, all of that. BBT, different from the BBC. But is it? BBC. <laughs> BBC greater than BBT? Definitely. I don't know. BBT can, can create life. So can BBC. <laughs> you so can BBC. <laughs> Depends which BBC definition you're thinking of, but if you're thinking of the one I'm thinking of, it can definitely create life. Yeah. So that's just something you need to think about today, to ponder. Just, yeah. That's what we're always doing here at The Toast, giving you thought-provoking Thought starters. Things. Like, yeah. who's everyone's celebrity doppelganger? You're such a wench. I hate you. I just like can't get over that that was your question at the at the table. Well, get over it. Because it was. I'll, okay, fine. I won't continue on. Because it was. I won't continue on. Good. As to why it makes no sense. So, what was I going to say? Oh, just like a quick update for me last night. I'm still home alone. And I've, I almost feel like I'm pregnant because I remember you would, not me literally making everything about no, me literally everything is about turdy but it's fine because i'm kind <laughs> of like i'm fatigued i'm all talked out i, I like i if i want to share something i will fight you for the microphone okay but it, go ahead i remember when you were pregnant the first time you were saying how you literally just like can't order in food anymore like you had to cook for a multitude of reasons but honestly i've been really feeling that way like i can't i always order in first of all it's so financially irresponsible and two it's never even good no it's slop and you end up paying literally double with like the fee and everything. So I've like had a lot of groceries. I've been trying to like make meals. And last night I was like, you know what? I'm going to make myself some food. <laughs> and the way I have literally never, not once in my life, successfully made something. I have made things that ended up fine and edible, but it wasn't correct. Like Turney is low key a horrible <laughs> chef. Like every I really time. I need to go on one of those shows. World's Worst Cooks. Every time you set out to make something it comes out totally wrong. Like I remember when you made penne alla vodka and like you yeah. got drunk. We were on, all getting wasted. You got wasted on the pasta. Remember the one Thanksgiving where I was like, okay, I will make the mashed potatoes and it was actual concrete? Yeah. I have never successfully made anything. And even when I've made something that's edible, it's still not correct. It's just like decent. Yes. So last night. I was so excited. I was like playing music. I was chopping. I was going to make taco meat and rice. Like I just, I love taco meat. I don't even need like the whole taco station. Like I just need meat. 
And so I'm, I'm cooking. I got garlic, olive oil, and onions on the pan. I'm browning my meat. And the one thing in my house that I always have, like I don't really, I'm an ingredients house. Like I don't have a lot of stuff. Oh my, the truckers are out here. Truckers for tacos. Um, I always have those pockets, uh, packets of Old El Paso seasoning. Like I love Old El Paso. I am their number one customer. I think what they're doing is great. And I didn't even check before I started. I'm like, I know I have it. Cute to the time to add the fucking seasoning. And I don't have any. I'm like, shit. And Ben has told me that like Old El Paso, he's like, it's not authentic. Like you can make it real. I'm like, all right. So we always have, because we also make a lot of chili, we always have the makings of taco seasonings, like the seasonings that go into the packet. Yes. So I just Googled it, delish.com, crapola.com. I followed the thing to a T. To a T? To a T. I had my little, uh, you know, teaspoon thing. Okay. I made it in a bowl. I'm mixing it. I'm like, you know, it smells a little funky in the bowl. But I'm like, you know, it just it needs to get in there before it really starts to smell like the old El Paso. Oh, my God. Not only did it smell fucking horrible once I, like, added everything into the pan, but it also had this, like, chunky consistency. Like, it was, like, not melding with the meat. It was, like, dry. Do you know that you need to add water? I did. Okay. Just, I, I didn't just know that, but that. It was, I just learned that last week because I never made I'd, tacos before. I didn't know that, but it was like simple math. I'm like, this looks dry. Let me add water, you know? Oh, look at you, Turdy. Not me. I'm like, if it didn't tell me to do it, I can't do it. So I get everything in there. I let it simmer. My house smells like a fucking crematorium. It smelled so disgusting. I couldn't. And then I felt pregnant, too, because I was like, I'm telling you I'm having sympathy. I'm like, I'm not even going to try this. It's so smelly and disgusting. Like, I'll make myself sick. You're having Munchausen's pregnancy. 100%. So I literally threw away the whole thing. Such a fucking waste of meat, of time. My back was killing me. I'm literally pregnant after standing in the kitchen. It took me 90 minutes to do this whole thing. Like my back was hurting. I wasn't wearing a bra. That was a huge mistake. Uh, I was so hungry and I just ended up eating egg noodles. So did it smell bad for turdy or like for everyone would have thought it smelled bad? It just wasn't like, was it you? Because you're very particular. Everyone. And I know what tacos smell like, and that wasn't tacos. Where do you think you went wrong? I couldn't tell you if I tried. Honestly, fuckdelish.com. That's where I went wrong. Let me see what their taco seasoning recipe calls. It, ha- it sounded right. Like cumin, onion powder, garlic powder, uh, chili powder, paprika, salt, pepper. I had everything except for maybe the paprika. And they said, like, that was like if you like it spicy. And I don't even like yeah, it spicy. And always paprika is always like the teeniest bit just for color. Right. Okay. I did it right. Homemade taco seasoning. Looks good in the bowl. It always looks good in their fraudulent Chili pictures. Chili powder, cumin. Done. Done. I know you don't love cumin, but what, like, it's not a lot. One tablespoon. Oh, actually. Yeah, it actually kind of, like, overpowered for sure, the cumin. Yeah. Smoke pack brica. I didn't have. Okay, that's fine. Garlic powder, onion powder, good. Fresh ground pepper and dried oregano. What's bad? Maybe it was the cumin you didn't like. It's very Maybe. potent. Can can seasonings go bad? Because like my seasoning cabinet like That's is archaic. That's also so dirty. Yeah. Oh no, I go bad. Every seasoning that's in my house was purchased. It's the first one that's ever been in my house. Like I don't replenish. I never finish seasoning. Does anyone? It only has three point nine stars on the reviews out of five. So maybe you're like, well, not just wait till I get in there and I give it zero stars. Do you use Literally, too much or too little? I did the fucking measuring. Yeah. The, the people in the comments aren't like thrilled with the recipe, but it sounds like non-nefarious. But the thing about Turdy, and it's like just something sweet about Turdy is that she can't cook. I know. Try as she may. You ha- like you obviously like 
you know what you're doing. You chopped onions and you were like sizzling in the kitchen, but you always, always fuck it up. Every single time. You just like don't have that je ne sais quoi. I don't have the, you know, the green thumb for cooking. No, you really don't. And maybe it's because you like can't follow directions. You don't like to follow. Like you're a rule breaker, not a rule follower. No, and I'm really impatient. Yeah, yeah. Especially and, about food. Uh, yeah, and you, you'll cut any corner that you see. 100%. Like when I make pasta, like I refuse to wait for the water to boil. Like, oh, it's a little hot? Throw it in. That's so funny. I'm like, if it's not rip roiling, we're not going in. No, I don't give a rip. Uh, it's going in. You don't give a rip. I'm waiting for it to rip. I can't. Like, I really can't. And that's why I just order in. And that's why I had, like, a shit meal last night. And I was just, like, feeling shit. And that's why you have Ben also. I know. It's like, I actually really miss Ben. Like, mostly because I'm hungry. But You don't like, even like what good. he makes. No, I don't. I like what he makes for me. When he makes his own, like, fucking disgusting-ass, like, dill-infused tuna, like, I could vomit. It's so crazy. It was really fucking annoying. Like, oh, what a, what a difficult night for me. I'm so sorry you had to go through that turdy. Uh, Olivia sent Another, over dinner for us. I know. And then I, I had FaceTimed Olivia when I couldn't find the old El Paso seasoning and that bitch didn't pick up. So I really do blame what happened next on her because she didn't pick up. And then once it was destroyed, she called me back. And she was like in the kitchen with the kids cooking like this delicious meal. And like I actually in that moment, I, I never felt so low. I was like, I should be there. I don't have a meal. I don't that have a, should any, be me. I don't have anyone in my house to enjoy this meal with. Like I felt lonely. I felt sad. Oh. I felt hungry. It was really hard. And like everyone, her, her, her kitchen was popping with life and love. And mine was just filled with dread. You were a low down turd. I couldn't, honestly, I had to hang up. I understand. And call me. Who was also yeah. cooking. No, it was disgusting. I'm sorry, turdy, that you went through that. We're all here for you. It's okay. Drop your favorite taco, homemade taco seasoning recipe in the comments because I actually, I have a jar of taco seasoning. Um, I think I might have old El Paso, but I never used it, but I just got like, you know, one of the seasoning jars, whatever. And I've made it twice now and I can tell, like, it's not my favorite version of taco seasoning. So like, I would love to try someone else's. Let me know. Somebody, when I spoke a little bit about what I did last night on my Instagram and people were sending their tips and somebody sent the most absolutely motherfucking unhinged tip I've ever seen in my life. Ready? Sure. They were like, once the meat is brown, like don't add taco seasoning. Put it in a big bowl with an entire jar of salsa and you have taco meat. That's not what turd he's going to like. Obviously that person doesn't know turd. Yeah, right, right. I just want to shout out Old El Paso. I love them. I don't know if it's considered like white people taco. I hope it's like a really authentic. I hope it's like a Mexican owned and operated brand. Cause like I love to support. Yeah. I think their, their shells, their tortillas, their seasoning. I think everything they make is amazing. It seems so authentic to me. And I don't even want to look into the company background. Cause if it's not authentic Mexican, like I'll feel bad. No, I feel like it probably is. I know. I feel like it's owned by Goya. That's just like, like some Maybe they were bought by Goya. Old El Paso yeah. and the Paso company. And Goya is Mexican owned. Mexican. So whenever I make chili, I go Goya. What? Okay. Is chili Mexican? What company owns El Paso? Okay. General Mills owns it now, but hopefully they bought it from the people who started it. General Mills. Oh, that's so not authentic. Uh, What about like about us? Yeah. Like who started old El Paso? Let me ask that next. Who started Old El Paso. Maybe. I mean, with a name like that, they got to be authentic. The Mountain Pass Canning Company launched the Old El Paso brand. Shit. Okay. Mountain Pass Canning Company. 
Let's check them out. It sounds like it was started by a major corporation to trick Americans into thinking they're having authentic Mexican culinary experiences. In 1917, the Mountain Pass Canning Company in New Mexico was bought from a local in El Paso, Texas. So okay. who started the Mountain Pass? Who Who's started? the local in Old El Paso? Yeah, Mountain Pass Canning Company. This is giving me Marjorie Post, if you know, you know. Honestly, 1900s... I feel like I feel like it's authentic. But the fact that they're making it so difficult for you to find out. Yep. And also now I'm back to the old El Paso site where it said it all started in 1917 when the Mountain Pass Canning Company was established by AC Powell in New Mexico. AC. American camper. <laughs> so you're saying American. Powell American. was a farmer and grew his successful enterprise from an original seven-acre farm with as much help as he could muster from his family and neighbors. That's a sweet story of community. The Is he Mexican? Powell. He's not a Mexican! <laughs> the company was one of the first to can tomatoes, but it also produced pinto beans, corn, chile, and alfalfa, all grown on the expanding farm. Then, in 1938, the Mountain Pass Canning Company launched the Old El Paso brand, which was soon known for its fiery taco sauce. From our humble beginning making canned beans and taco sauce, we've always been there to offer you the best Mexican recipes that the whole family will love. So it sounds like maybe they are whitewashing taco and Mexican culinary cuisine. Yes. It's still so good. It, but you know what? It still tastes the same. <laughs> no. So you know what? Let me tell you, I will continue to use their products, but I won't feel good doing it. And that's the price I pay. Yeah. Where, or you could, you know, drop your favorite uh, Mexican-owned yeah. Mexican food brand. Drop it in the yeah, comments. Yeah, th but I like the little packets. Like, that's what makes it easy. Like, I'm so simple-minded in the kitchen. Yeah, the packets. I can't be getting complicated. complicated. The packets are I nice. I need a packet. Well, I'm sure after this, they'll send you a lifetime supply. This will never happen to you again, Turdy. And it shouldn't. You know, all this taco talk has actually made me quite thirsty. So why don't you tell everyone a little story and I'm going to go get uh, a sparkling water. Oh, okay. I'll tell you a story about the... Be oh, she's taking her headphones off. I was going to like butter her up. Um, you know what? I have a great story because yesterday I was editing our episode of The Redheads, which drops tomorrow. Oh, I've got to finish episode editing it. And the way I tell you, it was such an I'm enjoyable bad. podcast I picked my head up and I was 40 minutes into the episode. I literally swear I had just started editing it. And I was like, damn, they don't make podcasts like this. Like more people need to know about the redheads. And so tomorrow it drops and you don't want to miss it because it's honestly premium stuff. And you don't have to have read the book because we always summarize it in the beginning of the episode. I was just saying how I was editing the redheads ep episode yesterday. I heard the whole thing. I oh. heard the whole thing. Oh, I was. Oh, because if you were listening the whole time, I was going to tell them about the best day of my life. July 10th, 1994. That's so sweet. I just wanted to clarify for everyone listening as a podcast. Um, I got a Diet Coke, not a sparkling water. Oh, thank you for holding yourself accountable. It's so important to be authentic when you have a brand like this. Yes. And people are literally watching you on the camera. Yeah, I know. And I knew someone was going to call me out. So I just got to call myself out first. Mm, that was a nice sip of water. Should we dive in? I'm so excited to read this Dear Toasters to you. Like, oh, okay, great. I can hardly wait. Yeah, I'm ready. Without further ado, do 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 about Claudia's taco disaster. Taco disaster. And your, 
and you bringing new life into this world. Like, let's not make this episode about yeah, it. Yeah, no, but like, that, that were, we weren't, like, a doing about that, you know? If anything, yeah, we, we, were. we talked about the tacos longer than the new life. No, we definitely talked about it, like, a little too much. I don't think so. Never. It's such an important topic, though. It really is. So, without further ado, here are the Fast Five stories that you do need to know. And the Fast Five stories that you do need to know is are brought to you by Canopy. So... If you haven't been using a humidifier or you're into humidifiers or you want to get into humidifiers, whether it's for your skin, your overall sleep, your overall wellness, you should really check out Canopy because traditional humidifiers are notorious for being ugly, getting moldy, and impossible to maintain. But that's where the Canopy humidifier comes in. It's recommended by leading dermatologists. The Canopy humidifier is a completely reimagined humidifier that elevates your home for the ultimate in skincare and wellness benefits. So it is winter out here. Our skin is getting crusty and dry, especially in our sleep. I wake up with dry skin, but I also wake up with really dry like nasal passages and like a dry throat that almost feels like I'm like sick, but I'm not. And when I sleep with a humidifier, I can't tell you how much of a difference there is in how I wake up. And I feel like yesterday we were having this long conversation about like always feeling like crap when you wake up and getting a humidifier is an amazing place to start. Their unique features and design make it the easiest, cleanest humidifier out there. It is truly healthy skin's best kept secret. It has a clean, no mist moisture that effortlessly hydrates your skin to combat dryness, dullness, and fine lines and wrinkles. Its hassle-free technology inhibits mold growth and um, the parts go right into the dishwasher. It's that easy. So go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy humidifier purchase today with Canopy's filter subscription. Even better, use code TOAST at checkout and save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Your skin will thank you. So we've got two codes for you. You guys, when you go to can you go to getcanopy.co co, save that $25, then use code toast, you'll get an additional 10% off your canopy purchase. Getcanopy.co. Thank you, Claudia. Yeah, well, Alex, who's Claudia? I don't know. I just feel like it, my turd count is already at like 50 for the episode. So I just wanted to switch it up. Oh my god, if this was like Watch Happens Live, like our our drinking game of the night would every day be turdy. Yeah, and you would be drunk every night. Aren't we all? No, we're not. No, no. Um, our first story, that's what it is. It is a story and it is some music news. Ed Sheeran announces his new Honest album, not called Honest. The album just is an album in which there is honesty and reveals that his wife, Cherry Seaborn, had a tumor during pregnancy. Oh my God. So he is back with the latest installments of his mathematical albums. This one is called minus sign subtract subtract and it's called subtract I didn't now that I realize it I know the divided one the division what was that one multiply I never realized that I thought he had x divided no they're all meth and I believe this is the fourth one yeah and then he's going on tour that's like x divided you know minus plus and it's called the mathematics tour it honestly should be called the PEMDAS tour it's a lot and it's funny this article says with you know, minus symbol, pronounce subtract. That's the name of the album. He'll cover a difficult period that spurred him to musically reflect on his deepest, darkest thoughts, he announced Wednesday in a press release. He put out a really long statement, very honest, um, saying, I had been working on subtract for a decade, trying to sculpt the perfect acoustic album, writing and recording hundreds of songs with a clear vision of what I thought it should be. Then at the start of 2022, a series of events changed my life, my, men- my, mu- my mental health, and ultimately the way I viewed music and art. Writing songs is my therapy. It helps me make sense of my feelings. I wrote without thought of 
what the songs would be. I just wrote whatever tumbled out. And in just over a week, I replaced a decade's worth of work with my deepest, darkest thoughts. Within the space of a month, my pregnant wife got told she had a tumor with no route to treatment until after the birth. Um, They did uh, welcome a second daughter in May of last year. But he said, my best friend, Jamal, a brother to me, died suddenly And I found myself standing in court defending my integrity and career as a songwriter. I was spiraling through fear, depression, and anxiety. That's referencing when he was um, sued for Shape of You. It sounds like something else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He said, I felt like I was drowning, head below the surface, looking up and not being able to break through for air. He added that this inspired him to put out an album that accurately represented what he was experiencing. Quote, it's opening the trap door into my soul. For the first time, I'm not trying to craft an album people will like. I'm merely putting something out that's honest and true to where I am in my adult life. This is last February's diary entry and my way of making sense of it. This is Subtract. So... I really like this explanation and it also makes me really excited for the album because I feel like his divide album, which had castle on the hill, um, Galway girl, supermarket flowers, like was so good, like so honest. And like, so it had bops, it had anthems, it had acoustic. Like it was really one of the best albums ever. And then I really felt like Ed Sheeran, like went to this like weird, like pop star place where he was just like making crap over the last couple of years, Mm -hmm. like bad habits, that new song. Like I hate that song. And it's just not who we've come to know as Ed Sheeran, you know? He's really like this stripped back guitar guy. And I really feel like this album's going to be really good. Yeah, I've never immersed myself in Ed Sheeran. You know, I'm kind of like forced to listen to his music because he's always on the radio. I find the Ed Sheeran songs that I do like aren't even the ones that get the most radio play. Like... Castle on the Hill came out at the exact oh. same time as that other crappy song. Shape what of song You. Was that? Shape of You. Shape of You. And like, I think Shape of You is a horrible song. Same. Yet it was like Grammy. Like it couldn't, it couldn't have been a bigger song. Make it make sense. Uh, but Castle I'm on the Hill. S- after reading this explanation, I'm so excited for this album. I feel like it's going to be a complete work. It's not just about like singles and bops Hits. and radio plays. Like it's a, it's telling a story. And I feel like it's, I mean, he, Every album he puts out is great, but I, I feel like this will hit different. It, int- yeah. it He intends for it to hit different. It's I, I'm sure there will still be hits from it because he's a hit maker, Yeah, but I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. Me too. I completely agree. I feel like his explanation of it is making me really excited about it, and it, it feels like it's going to be like what he's known for, which are like, it's not these like pop anthem, like, you know, dance in the club songs. It's like these really honest acoustic songs. Yes, like even that's you think how about, he started. When you, yeah, right, when you think about the song that really launched him is the A-Team. It's like this really stripped down song and like that's what we've come to expect from him. But then in recent years, he like took this weird turn. Yeah, I think he got maybe caught up in the industry. He probably yeah. got a million opportunities to mm-hmm. like do big things. But now he's back to his roots and I think he took off a lot of time. And I, and I did feel like we missed him and we would be like throughout the years like, where's Ed Sheeran? What's Ed Sheeran doing? And so this feels really genuine, not just like, I'm taking a break from social media. Yeah. Two months, I'm back. Here's a song about what the last what I two learned. months were like. Yeah. Um, I, it also got me thinking because I've always wondered, you know, he will run out of signs. You know, he has plus, he has X, he has divide, he has equal. Now he has subtract. So he's kind of gone through all of the elementary mathematical signs. But I thought of one last night that I feel like he could use. What? Oh, like the slash, like a factor, you know, three-fourths, like, and it could be called oh. factor. Okay, interesting. The These 
four, five. I didn't realize he has equal to like, yeah, that makes sense as well. Cause it's usually the four, like, of course, plus minus divide at, uh, multiply, multiply. So then he added equal, which is smart. I feel like it's time to do something different after this. You think? Yeah, without it getting silly. Honestly, I'm, and I'm so embarrassed to say I didn't even notice he was doing this. I noticed it like a few years ago, but I didn't immediately notice it either. And I was always like, what the fuck is this album called? X? Yeah. I literally never thought about it. Yeah, it's, it's like a quirky thing about Ed. It's cute. I feel like other artists do that too. This is actually a really well done version of it. I don't know what's next. Totally what? random. You know, what's like a pet peeve of mine. Hmm. Cause I feel like um, Miley Cyrus just announced her track list and all the songs are in all caps. And then some people do it like all lowercase. Yeah. Ari. Uh, Taylor's been doing that. It really fucking bothers me. Yeah. I, I like a capitalization. I yeah. also don't like all caps though. Me neither. I'm not yelling. No. I'm not that passionate about anything. It's a title. So you just do like the first letter of the word. Like I hate when people try to get creative with like caps and stuff. Like just stick to the, you know, English language. Yeah. The all lowercase. I associate it with Ariana now. So it doesn't bother me when she does it. But it just seems like unnecessary. I, it really bothers me. Yeah, I feel like people used to do that like on their phones and computers. Like you yes. can turn off auto capitalization. So their texts always start with a lowercase. It's just so informal. Yeah, no, I think like people used to do that back in the day because like they were so chill, you know, like not like other girls. Like I'm so relaxed. Like this text is just like answer it or whatever. Like I don't care. You know who weirdly has that? Not for their text. Still? But, uh, she did it so long ago that all of the contacts in her phone start with a lowercase. Who? Olivia Ashray. Uh, see, the decisions you make when you're young can really haunt you into your adulthood. That was like her aesthetic to talk to her about it. Maybe uh, we'll see. Maybe we'll find out that there's a reason behind that. Like if she ever sends you someone's contact, you'll notice it's lowercase. Oh, that's interesting. So text her now and be like, can you send me? Um, yeah, someone's number. Like someone who she like knows from like college or something. Can you send me? I'm going to say Marnie's number. I was just thinking Marnie. Good. Okay. <laughs> It's so, that's so funny. The iCloud is crazy. It literally not follows to like, you. Not to put her on blast, but I wonder if she still does it. When I see her, I'll ask her. Yeah. And when I respond, I'll let, when she responds, I'll let you know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, excited for this album comes out May 5th, May the 5th. So the day before Snitch's birthday. So we'll all listen that day. And then the next day we'll celebrate Snitch's birthday and the coronation and Taylor Swift in Nashville. I think it's so crazy how you said May 5th, the day before Snitch's birthday. Like not only is it the anniversary of our deceased father's birthday, but it's also the one year anniversary of me playing Madison Square Garden. So thanks. And it's Cinco de Mayo. So you could have all the old El Paso tacos you want. Should I have like an old El Paso themed Cinco de Mayo party? Old El Paso should throw, you guys should do like a collab brand <gasps> event where they throw you like a Cinco de Mayo party for you and your influencer friends to like eat tacos and take pics. And like drink tequila. Yeah. Love. Free marketing idea. I just feel like, and I don't know how or why, but like me doing that would be like extremely offensive to Mexican culture. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah, I actually, yeah. I can understand why. Like I'm not Mexican, uh, neither is old El Paso, but like we're out <laughs> here like LARPing as Mexicans. No, I don't think you have to like LARP as a Mexican in order to enjoy the festivities okay that would be like lauren elizabeth love her she's not jewish and manischewitz throwing a hanukkah party like <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah it's a 
it's a little different, but um, I understand. Yeah. So are we like, are you not meant to celebrate Cinco de Mayo at all? No, I think you because are. Because Lauren Elizabeth is not meant to celebrate Hanukkah. Right. I think you can't. You know what? I don't know. I'll have to ask someone who's Mexican because I can't speak for them. Like, are we encouraged to celebrate everyone? I think you are, but I think there's a respectful way of doing it. Of course, of course. No, I understand. I could see how. Like wearing sombreros and fake mustaches, like that's not appropriate. That's not the way to do it. But I could also see if, you know, you became the face of like old El Paso's. That would be problematic. Single de Mayo party, that wouldn't play well. No, it would be problematic for sure. Yeah. No, you're right about that. So maybe I take the idea back. Oh, wait, Olivia sent me. Oh, three videos of Michaela. How blessed am I? <laughs> Did she see your original text? I don't know. Like, Emphasize it. I am. Send the, send the exclamations. I am. Okay. Well, I'll have to watch those videos of Michaela later. Oh, she's fun. She's sleeping in the car. She's wearing a tutu. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. Oh, are you ready for our next story? Yeah. Travis Scott is accused of punching a man in the face and causing $12,000 worth of equipment damage this Wait, week. Wait, hold on. Like, you just said Travis Scott. And, like, my mind took 45 minutes to place who that is because, one, we haven't spoken about him in so long. And the Travis we have been talking about is Kelsey. Oh, so I was wow. like, wait, who the fuck is Travis Scott? No, Travis. Like, so many people are named Travis. Travis Barker. Yeah. Travis Kelsey. Travis Scott. But you don't even like know their name Travis until you really think about it. Yeah. And then you think about the name Travis too long. And it sounds like garage. Like you can't say it too many times because it stops sounding like a word. Travis. 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 I wonder what the word, what the name Travis means and what's its origin. Travis name. Travis comes from the Greek word Travilakis, which means man. It's derived from the old French world Travis. Old French word, traverser, meaning to cross. Ah, we're traversing. We're traversing through Travis's. Interesting. Um, But this Travis, of the Scott variety, allegedly punched a man in the face and caused $12,000 worth of damage to equipment. Police sources tell Page Six. They're told cops responded to an assault call early Wednesday at Nebula in Midtown, where the sicko mode rapper allegedly got into a verbal turned physical altercation with a sound engineer. The alleged victim did not complain of pain or have any visible injuries at the time of the report. Travis also allegedly damaged a video screen and speaker before departing the nightclub in an unknown vehicle. Uh, Page six has learned that only a complaint was made and that Scott has not been arrested in connection to the alleged uh, incident. (sighs) Travis Scott is on a one-way trip to nowhere. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Every time I hear about him, it's like something worse. Well, not worse, but it's just more bad shit. And honestly, he needs to reevaluate his life, honestly. Yeah, and I'm sure, like, he's also spiraling now that Kylie is done with him for right. now. They're very on and off, but... you know, When you don't have a woman to, like, tether you, you can get... You're untethered. You, te- you, you, untethered. you, you spin out. You're rootless. And, and there's nothing worse than being untethered. A hundred percent, and it causes you to just, like, act erratically like this. Yeah. Mm. so not good not good do better actually in an actual way I'm not saying it in an ironic way I'm saying like do better like you have a family like you're a role model to people like do better yeah do better things make better choices maybe surround yourself with better people maybe like who you're surrounding yourself with is not influencing you to make good choices Mm -hmm. do better 
Are you ready for our next story? Some yeah. royal drama. Yeah. King Charles has evicted Harry and Meghan from Frogmore Cottage, and he did it 24 after 24 hours after Spare was published. And guess who's moving in? I don't know. Prince Andrew. <gasps> Yikes. I know, but pr- it's a major downgrade for Prince Andrew. He was living on 98 acres uh, with oh. a 30 room estate paying like 250 pounds a month in government subsidized housing. Right. And now he's moving to Frogmore Cottage, which we saw bits and pieces of in the documentary. It's not, you know, a palace. It's not what you would imagine royals living in. Yeah. So I think he was under pressure to, like, put Prince Andrew in smaller accommodations. And also, he's done, like, Harry and him are done. So Yeah. and But Harry and Meghan were never going to stay there anyway. Like, I don't think well, this affects I th- them. They stayed there for the coronation. The coronation? The Jubilee. Oh, did they? Yeah, because in the documentary they had like pictures from Jubilee weekend where they Wait, went. They back were at to the Jubilee. They went and they left early. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So overall, this is fairly inconsequential because like they don't live in fucking UK. Yeah. No. But like, if they were ever going back, if if who knows if they'll even be at the coronation? This makes right. me think no. But remember, we just reported that Charles wants his legacy to be reuniting his family. Right. Right. But if they do, if they have to stay, you know, down the street at a hotel, I don't think there's honestly much reunification and to be usurped by Prince Andrew. Yeah. I mean, is but a the slap in the, the face. way they spoke about Frogmore in the documentary, like they obviously thought of it as a dump. So they should be happy that they're staying in a hotel now because they'll stay at the Four Seasons. Yes. No, they were in a place before Frogmore that was dumpy, the one that Oprah went to and was like, people wouldn't believe that you live like this. Right. And then they got upgraded to Frogmore when they got engaged or married. Uh Um, And that's where she was pregnant. And it was much homier, though still not a palace on a hill. It is a cottage. cottage. It is Frogmore Cottage. So King Charles Cavalier Spaniel III, Bryson Strassen, began the process of evicting Harry and Meghan from Frogmore Cottage. Accidentally clicked a different link. Uh, just 24 hours after his son released Spare, it was claimed today. His majesty initially gave his son and daughter-in-law weeks to pack up their grace and favor British home in the grounds of Windsor Castle after his son released his memoirs. But now they have at least until after the coronation in May, a friend of the couple has claimed. A source told Page Six that um, King Charles began the eviction process on January 11th, the day after Spare had its global release. The Sussexes have reportedly planning reportedly started planning how to move their belongings to California, including an ornate Ottoman bench and a chaise lounge from the home they lived in until Megxit and stayed at following the Queen's death last September. Oh, and I guess when they went back for... Right, for the funeral. Uh, for the funeral. You know what? Queenie was everything, but she definitely had a blind spot for her children. And I think a lot of people were like disappointed there wasn't more of like a brouhaha for Prince Andrew, you know, to answer for his crimes. Obviously, there was no legal repercussions but even like he got stripped of his uniform whatever titles but like he still lived like you said 200 acres prince vibes um 98 acres 30 room mansion called windsor royal lodge so you know what i kind of love this power move for charles like he obviously doesn't have the same affection and blind spot for his brother that his mother did so you know what here for it yeah two birds one stone for him and eugenie both the girls are married right so they're both yeah. living out of the house it's not affecting them because they're innocent in this mm-hmm. yeah bitch and go I'm live sure in the they, cottage i'm sure they're charles's nieces and and they seem lovely i'm sure they could stay wherever they want when they come back come to you town. know everyone goes to kensington that seems to be yeah. 
a hub of royal activity. I would want to stay in Buckingham Palace guest Obviously. Room. But I, I think that they wouldn't because, like, there's tourists in there all day. I know. That's, like, the weird thing about Buckingham Palace. It's so big, so, like, you don't ever, like, see a tourist on your way to go brush your teeth. But, like, she's literally living in the same place, like, all these snot-nosed, you know, globetrotters come and, like, walk through the halls of. It's really crazy. It is. But that's, like, so part of the royal fabric. It's, like... You're a part of British tourism. Yeah, no, you live in a palace, but you're also kind of like a civil servant. A civil servant. Yeah. So, very interesting royal moves being made. We shall see what happens. I wonder if Prince Andrew will be at the coronation. I feel like no. I feel like Charles is like really consumed by public public perception. Yeah. Um, and he wants to come out a hero. And that kind of uh, excluding Prince Andrew and and not really reminding everyone of him is a good place to start. I think he'll be there in a disgraced position, like Mm -hmm. how at the funeral he, you know, walked in the back with Harry and they were both not wearing garb. Right. Um, If he wanted to kick him out of the royal foe completely, he wouldn't be living in Frogmore. True, true. So I think getting scraps. Yeah, it's I don't think he'll have like a position of prominence, but I think also a part of Charles wants to like follow in his mom's footsteps and the way that she treated Andrew seemed to be good enough for everyone. Yeah. So it's just like Yeah. Problem. No, but it's like the treatment of a mother and a son is so different than the treatment of a brother and a brother. Like obviously there's a brotherly connection. But I don't think they were ever that close. I think the vibe I've gotten is like Andrew was her favorite Favorite. too. Yeah. Even when he came in in the crown, like on his helicopter, and he was just like, what's up, y'all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such a problem, honestly. Like, He's a big problem. Nobody knows what to do with him. (laughs) It would have been easier if he literally just got convicted, one, to answer for his crimes, and two, so he'd be in jail and nobody had to deal with him. Have somewhere to live. (laughs) Where do we seat him? Where do we put him to live? Like, he's this, like, never-ending, like, problem. And you can't even, like, put him out to live on the street because he can't have a job and... He doesn't, I mean, he might have personal money, but still you would have to like pay for where he lives. And then it's like the government's paying for Andrew's right. estate. Right. Every, there's no winning with Andrew. No, he's so problematic. Yeah. So this is the solution for now. Are you for ready now. for our next story? A little tech yeah. news. A tech? tech news. TikTok will automatically limit teen app usage to 60 minutes per day. TikTok, in an effort to show it's being a good internet citizen, introduced new features to cap the time kids spend on the video app. In the next few weeks, every TikTok account belonging to a user under the age of 18 will automatically be set to a 60-minute daily screen time limit. If the limit is reached, teens will be prompted to enter a passcode in order to continue watching, requiring them to make an active decision to extend that time. Oh, wait, so they could just get around it? Yeah, unless, like, someone sets the code for them, like a parent, and they don't know the code, but... Or, when you sign up for your account, you just lie about your age. It's not that hard. Yeah. Also, TikTok, for TikTok users under 13, which is so scary. I know. What are they doing on TikTok? The daily screen time limit will also be set for 60 minutes, and for these accounts, a parent or guardian must enter the passcode to enable 30 minutes of additional watch time. This is performative. There are so many ways around this. I think they've gotten so much flack over the years. Like all the platforms are really toxic, but there's something especially addicting, addicting and 
just flawed with TikTok when it comes to like people, especially girls whose brains aren't fully developed and they're still very impressionable. Um, and so this is just their response to the backlash. It's not a meaningful step forward. And there's so many kids are so when I think about how much shit we used to download illegally, like the, when you when it comes to kids and technology, like they're fucking on it. They can figure yeah. shit out. And this is not going to by any means decrease their screen time. No. It's giving fraudulent energy. It is. What more can TikTok do as an app that's also trying to make money? Like, what would you want to see from TikTok? Is it TikTok's responsibility? Is it parents' responsibility? Is it government responsibility? That's a good question. I think it's everyone's. I think probably probably most, and maybe you have a better answer, the parents. Because there's always shit in this world that's bad. Yeah. And it's your parents' job to protect you from it. Um, but kids are so sneaky, you know, like they'll just yeah, fucking and like, do really, whatever they want. Can you tell a 17 year old? No. Like a 17 year old's going to have a phone because they, they do need a phone at 17. Yeah. How can you police what they do on there? I don't know um, how logistically you can do that. I'm really thinking and more concerned with kids who are like under 14. Yeah. Well, those and, kids are more in, in like a parent's domain, yes, jurisdiction. Know? Yeah. Like they I have feel, to listen to their parents more. I feel like there should definitely be like an age, like how you couldn't get on Facebook back in the day until you were in high school or college. Mm -hmm. um, First college, then high school. I think it would behoove a lot of the platforms to have age limits that they that they really enforce. Like with Facebook back in the day, you could not make a Facebook unless you had a college email that yeah. you verified. It was fucking hard. Yeah. So, and I actually think I, that's something I'm so grateful for. Like I really didn't, they didn't change the high school thing until I was in high school. So like I was at least 16. Mm-hmm. I, no, I think... No, that's not true, but... No? No. You, I had a Facebook in middle school? No, but you could get on as a freshman. It didn't happen while you were in high school. I remember oh. being in middle school, waiting to get to high school, and then I could have a Facebook. Got like, it. The minute I got my high school email address, I'm yeah. on Facebook. It was so same for you. Yeah. So I just think... I think that was really helpful, and I don't even think they intended it to be, but it was, and having age limits on a lot of these platforms I think would be extremely that they actually enforce not just like you have to be 13 and then I can go make my my birthday 1994 you know right I think there's ways to to actually if you actually cared there would be ways and policies and things but this is fraudulent it's performative yeah there would need to be sweeping stuff also like when you get a phone if there would be a way to really put in your like the, the phone knows what age you are you can't download certain apps at that age like I think if everybody came together because this is a that's crisis smart. that's our smart. children are in crisis a hundred percent and it's on all of us to help them because no and I kids, feel they're like always gonna go for you know candy over veggies. the thing that they can't get you're so right and I feel like all we do is talk about the mental health crisis in this country and like all we do is just talk about how it's here nobody we wants talk. to actively we talk 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 we just talk 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 and it's become like a, uh, a form of social currency like oh I have mental health problems oh so do I no one no, and, fucking and we does talk about, anything and we talk about how social media is bad and where do we talk about it on social media Right. So it's like nobody actively does anything about it. So it's like people don't actually care about the mental health crisis in no. this country. They just want to talk about it. They just don't want to actually do anything. And this is an incredibly effective place to start. If your phone knew how old you were and in the app store, you were forbidden from downloading certain apps until you were like 16. Yeah. Each app could like figure out amongst themselves Watch what would happen to the mental health crisis and the suicide rates in this country and the depression and the anxiety for girls who are 12 years old. Yeah. So if you actually, maybe if you actually fucking cared, 
you would do something about it because we're sitting here for five minutes and we're two brain dead fucking morons and we came up with good ideas. Or if there was like an app for kids that was like Instagram and TikTok, but you could only follow people whose phone number you have. So you're yeah. only following your friends and it really becomes like a social network and not following, you know, a 12 year old girl following like some beautiful, yeah. buxom 22 year old and yeah. then trying to like do her like makeup her. just like her. Yeah, but it's not even that. It's also like that girl, you know, it, it's, it winds up being a bad influence because, you know, body image, et cetera. Comparison. But then there are also people who are intentionally putting out nefarious content and trying to fuck with kids. Yeah, of course. So I like my, Claudia, we, sh we should build it. We should start like a coalition. Yeah. Where we it's like an lobby. app for kids and you can only follow people's phone numbers you have. There's no following influencers and now everyone wants to be an influencer because they follow right. them all day long. Like, right. Claudia, solved, problem solved. Put us, no, like, that's what I'm board. saying. We've been talking about this for five minutes and we came up with like actually good, effective ideas. TikTok, this billion dollar company filled with like, you know, genius tech engineers. This is the best they came up with. This is bullshit. No, because they don't care. Right. They don't care. No. And TikTok is not concerned with uh, American children's well-being. No. 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 Are you ready for our fifth and final story, which is kind of like the collab of the century food news yeah. we haven't had food news in a while okay what is and it it's two brands that we love coming together harmony not acrimony is it spritz society x the skinny confidential available at spritzsociety.com our new pink lemonade flavor which is a limited edition collab with lauren bostic founder of the skinny confidential and host of the his and hers podcast what that what spritz xtsc is to the influencer and beverage community yeah. It is this to the fast food community. McDonald's and Krispy Kreme are teaming up. Ms. McDonald's is expanding their Krispy Kreme test to more Kentucky locations. Gotta so McDonald's Kentucky. will sell Krispy Kreme donuts at approximately 160 Kentucky locations starting next month for a limited time. It's an expansion of the fast food giant's initial test with the sweet treats. In October, nine McDonald's restaurants in Louisville started uh, selling Krispy Kreme donuts. The large test is meant to assess customer demand and to understand how a larger scale launch would affect restaurant operations. So they're not making like a, a collab item. They're just starting to sell donuts. Yes. Let me tell you my thoughts on this. I think it's great because I think when it comes to dessert, McDonald's definitely kind of flops because no. their ice machine, their ice cream machines are always broken. I've never, I mean, I don't, I've never, I don't, I probably get McFlurries like three times a year. Yeah. And it's always been a success. No, they're always broken. Of course, the McFlurry is a perfect concoction. It is the greatest dessert literally in the world. Honestly, maybe second only to a Krispy Kreme donut. So right. I love this. I do worry about quality control. You know, Krispy Kreme donuts are perfect when they come from Krispy Kreme. When they, they sell, a, actually at my local Dwayne Reed, they sell, they have a little uh, stand of Krispy Kreme products and they have like boxes of glazed donuts and they're not even close to being as good. So as long as they can work on how to keep them fresh and maybe serve them hot, I, I worry about that because I think overall McDonald's definitely has a quality control issue. Like you can get a nugget at one place and a nugget at the other and they literally taste completely different. I wouldn't know. Yeah. Except the few times that I ordered fries from my local McDonald's in New York, it was the ones that fell on the floor and were stomped on. Right. Like they have a, they're not really all the same. No. Um, but. In fact, I would start to order from a further McDonald's. Of course. If done correctly. But then they're not hot. You seriously can't win. That's why if you have to make your own fries and grow your own potatoes. If done correctly, 
this could be great. Yeah, because they are beefing up their coffee. You know, they have the McCafe. But what I also love is they're not trying to make a better donut because someone at McDonald's knows that a better donut doesn't exist. It's actually so, so true. Why don't we team up? There is no I in team. There's no I in Krispy Kreme. And make this a one-stop shop, especially because for how many McDonald's there are in the country, there's a fraction of the Krispy Kreme. So like... Imagine if every McDonald's in New York City, obviously this isn't happening, had Krispy Kreme. All of a sudden, there's dozens of Krispy Kremes in New York City. No, and by the way, then McDonald's really becomes like an early morning competitor to like a Dunkin' Donuts because you want a good coffee. And McDonald's coffee actually is very popular and it's very good. Um, so then it's like, oh, let me get a coffee and a donut, coffee and an egg sandwich. People really like their breakfast. Coffee and a McFlurry. But coffee it kind and of a cigarette. It's kind of becoming like a cafe, like a bistro, you know? Mc cafe right I like this I like this too I thought I you do would love, like it I do love Dunkin Donuts I like it no because uh <laughs> I like it no I do like Dunkin Donuts I like their egg wraps mm -hmm. so that's A munchkin good. I don't love their coffee their quality control is fucking oh, frightening on coffee it's, a, it's actually abysmal on everything a munchkin I also absolutely love whenever we have a fast food story because we obviously then just go into like talking about all the different branches and the franchises things and we always get PR we end up getting an email like hi loved your segment on Krispy Kreme can we send some product to the studio um and that's just always it happens like a lot and it's very exciting so what are you hoping for today some Krispy Kreme donuts I mean, I will just, I will literally never turn, never in my life. I could be on literally death's door. I will never turn down a Krispy Kreme Well, donut. that's when I would accept one most immediately. No, like I'm so sick. I'm on death's oh, door. Oh. I'm so sick. I can't put anything in my body. And then like somebody cruises by with a donut. I'm like, hey, give me that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Especially when they're fresh from the oven. Yeah, but you could also just warm them up, you know, 15 seconds in the microwave. Really, really good. Obviously not hot off the presses, but. Stellar. Actually, I just had one like a few weeks ago because Danny brought some over when she came to mm. visit us, which was just so sweet and generous. The last time I had one actually was um, December. When did I film my special? December. December. Um, because there was like a crew of like 40 people and I wanted to get them like a snack. So I got them all donuts like for me, but also for them. And I got like eight boxes for everyone and I had like six. It was so good. You definitely didn't have six. No, I had like two. You definitely didn't, because I know you now, and you're so slim. No, I had two. You had two Krispy yeah. Kremes? Yeah. Wow. Throughout the day? Maturity. Throughout, throughout the, day? the day? Okay, okay. Throughout the day. Like one, when the boxes got there, because I wanted them fresh, and then two, like, after the show, like, I, I worked hard. It's a long day. Sorry. I thought you meant, like, just, like, you chowed down two at a time. No, I'm trying to be better with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you ready to dive into Dear Toasters with the update that's going to literally bring a tear to even the most cynical of eyes? Are we starting with the update? No, it's going to be last because I'm annoying. Oh, clickbait turny. Dear Toasters is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the one-stop shop for everything you need. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform to build a beautiful online presence and run your business. So whether you work in e-commerce, you've been wanting to start an e-commerce business, you've got a side hustle, Squarespace is the perfect place to start because they have everything you need for e-commerce. They have 
ways to connect your social media accounts. They have really good insights into your traffic overview. They offer content ownership. So you own all the content that you put on the Squarespace platform with their one-click data portability. You have social sharing, analytics, blogging tools, email campaigns, um, pretty much everything. Their websites can be optimized for mobile, for desktop. If you don't know how to build a website, you obviously don't have a background in computer science or software engineering. Don't fret because Squarespace makes it so easy. I have personally built many websites over the years using different platforms. And from experience, I can tell you that Squarespace is really easy. They have really professional looking websites that can take not a long time and not a lot of effort to set up. So check out squarespace.com slash toast for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Again, that's squarespace.com slash toast for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code toast to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. You will have a really easy time getting set up with Squarespace. And again, squarespace.com slash toast. Thank you. All right, let's dive into Dear Toasters. Are you, are you ready? I'm ready to dive in. Hey, Jackson Claude. I'm a longtime listener here. My fiance and I have been together for six years and we are getting married this summer. Since I was te- a teenager, I have been so insecure about the hump on my nose. Now that I'm grown and I'm in a more financially stable situation, I've been thinking about finally getting my nose done, especially before our wedding. My fiance, unfortunately, does not support this at all. He thinks plastic surgery is superficial and says he will never be able to look at me the same way again. Part of my work requires me to spend time on camera, so it's something that really bothers me. I know there is some recovery time from rhinoplasty, and we plan to start a family next year, so it's something I would like to take care of before that. I'd like to start this new season of my life feeling more confident. However, it causes conflict every time I try to bring it up. Any advice on how to navigate this is welcome. That's really tough. I mean, it um, literally doesn't matter what that man thinks. Like, I know, of course, it you want his support. And in an ideal world, he would support you. And of course, you know, it's better to have a husband that's like, no, you're beautiful. Don't get plastic surgery than one who's like shoving you out the door and paying right. the bill. Right. Oh, my God. That's actually paying the bill. Shove <laughs> <laughs> me. Shove me. me all the way. Yeah. Um, my only thing is like you've waited so long to get it and you're getting married this summer. It kind of seems like kind of quick to just like, now you have to find a doctor and have a consultation and get the surgery and recover before your wedding while also wedding planning. And I kind of would advise just having like a a little less haste, you know, because now it feels like we're in a rush when like all, your whole no, life we were I totally rushed. disagree. I know I totally if you're going to get a new nose, like do it before your wedding. But like, well, not only that, like I literally just experienced this with a really good friend of mine. She was getting married. She hated her nose her whole life and she just, she did it before. Um, and she was wedding planning and it was stressful, all that. And she was so happy. Mm. She was so happy on her wedding day. She looked beautiful. She loves her nose now after and she gets to live her life as a married woman with a new nose. And it was literally, if you ask her, like she will say it was the best decision she ever made. And maybe she would have well, said how, it was done how in haste. Soon, how far away from her wedding did she do it? Let me think. You know what? She had a cast on her nose at her bachelorette party. When was so, her bachelorette party in relation to her wedding? My bachelorette party was four months before. Let me think. Hold on. Claudia's not good with dates. This is really. I know. I'm trying to think. I Do you remember what month she got married? I could tell you because, like, because I picked. If you tell me where it was, I'll tell you. I don't want to like but pull I don't up wanna, her spot. Yeah, I know, like, I like, know. Oh, she got a nose job. Even though I don't think she cares, but like, I'm not trying to be that bitch. Where is this place on the map? Hold on. Oh, here. So she got married August 
Okay. And and the bachelorette, I can check also when my pictures are. The bachelorette was. Hmm. I think it's important. Just give me a second. It is. It is. Okay. The bachelorette was May. Okay. And she had a cast. So she got it in May and she got married in August. So it is. Oh, it's only February. No, it's March now. Okay, but like you've got to, like you literally have to call a doctor today then. Yeah, like don't, you you need to make a decision now. So like, because you don't have that much time, but I'm all here for it. Like I feel like I'm so, I'm not a pusher, but I'm so into plastic surgery about things that really bother you. Like that's yeah. just my philosophy. I hate this thing. Like embrace who you are. Like what if I don't want to? My body, yeah. my motherfucking choice, And bitch. it sounds like you're not looking for a new nose. You're just looking to shave the hump. And I think that your husband, well, it is your body, your choice. So make the decision that's best for you. I think that when your husband sees how little you've actually changed yourself, yeah. he will be like, oh, okay. I remember when I first was getting Botox and Zach was like, no plastic surgery. Literally. The way you are. I was like, shut up. And yeah. I literally, I don't remember if I did wind up telling him I was doing it, but I also know I came home that day and he didn't even fucking know that there was something yeah. different with me. No, men are so like myopic. Surgery is different than a nose job. I mean, surgery is different than injectables, and you have to go under. So you absolutely have have to to tell tell him he's got to pick you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a ride. Yeah, Um, but I think he'll be shocked at how the same you look. Yeah, but I'm really here for it. Like your wedding is an important day. It's something that you've said bothered you for years, like your whole life. Do it. You're gonna like. I'm all for like taking control of the things in your life that bother you, whatever it is. I agree with that. Oh my God, it's so, it's so freeing when you realize, like, I don't have to accept the things I don't like. Yeah, and then that's just, like, something that's just taken off of your shoulders is something that you're thinking about all the time. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm here for it. Great. All right. Hello, Jackie O and Laturdia. I'm a loyal Gen Z toaster. I came across one of your viral TikToks. I've wanted to send it to Dear Toasters and I finally have a reason to get some advice. I'm a 21-year-old college girl and I've been dating a P. John Bryce for a year and a half. So sweet, incredibly intelligent, yada, yada, yada. To put it simply, he's 23 and balding. He's extremely in denial and is convinced his hair is just, he just has a really defined widow's peak. He will even pull his hair back and go, see, my hair goes all the way back and it makes a triangle at my forehead. One time when trying to convince me he actually had a widow's peak, he Googled widow's peak and sent me an article that literally proved he had one. It was actually an article titled How to Tell if Your Widow's Peak is a Receding Hairline. I love this man tremendously, and while his hair doesn't affect my obsession with him, I'm beginning to notice it more and more. Is it a big deal? Do I tell him? Do I slip hair growth vitamins into his drinks? Am I a horrible, shallow person for even thinking about this so much? I would love the support and help for him in his hair growth journey if he wants that. It is just... Is, it just is really noticeable to me, and I hate that he is living in such a state of denial, which is so jarring because he's so smart. Thanks so much. Love you guys. XOXO, a toaster with a balding boyfriend. This wouldn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me either, but let me tell you how men really are in denial about their hair. It's like women worry about so many things, like aging, wrinkles, saggy boobs, crow's feet, and like men really have one thing, and it's their hair. Like if you even bring it up, they're so motherfucking like defensive about it like Ben has really thick hair and Ben's dad Bruce has like a mop so Ben has good it's a lot of it is jeans but you know sometimes I'm like Ben why don't you like if I see like maybe like a little thinning I'm like why don't you just like start Rogaine like it can't hurt yeah it can why would you put chemicals into your system if you don't have to 
Rogaine it's like a is a little ex- thinning. No, but like Rogaine is an extreme. Okay, a vitamin, something. Like a Nutrafol you yes. could do. Yeah, that's better. Like, right, I'm like, why don't you just start? Like, you know, it really can't hurt preventative. So defensive. No, the, there are things that can, like, especially this, like, you're talking about a little bit of thinning. This um, person is, is talking about like actual balding. Like he could start Propecia, which can cause... Um, Infertility. Infertility. Like, there, there it actually is, like, why not? Like, no, but I'm not th- suggesting he start Propecia. Also, like, a bald man, like, is a nice look. And if he does, if it doesn't bother him yet and he's, like, in denial, like, let him live in his denial. Imagine there was something, like, you were aging and, like, you it, you weren't, like, phased about it, but Ben was like, you have to get Botox. No, wait. Look at no, your Jackie, crow's feet. Let's go back to the one previously. We're getting married. You should shave the hump off your nose. <laughs> I think that this girl, especially you love him so much. And it's like, once you fall in love with someone, who cares what they look like? What they like? look like, If anything, yeah. his balding hair, he walks around with it, doesn't realize it'll stave off other girls. Like, 100%. what's the problem? Yeah. And no, he'll come I, around to it when he when it starts to bother him, when he realizes it. If he wants to do something about it, there are obviously things that he could do. But he also doesn't have to do anything about it. Yeah, he could also shave his head. Like, the thing with, with men, which is so frustrating, it's like the one thing they struggle with is, is balding. And like... Being bald is also a look, you know? Yeah. They made it into a look. It's like women, we're worried about skin saggy. And like saggy skin doesn't become a look. Right. It's so unfair. No, it's it's so unfair. It's not something that would bother me. And you love him already. Like love is blind. Once you, Love is It's actually not. That's what we learned from no, that show. No, I just, I also want to say like I'm in love and I'm not blind. Like if there's something wrong no, with you, No, but if Ben lost his hair, it would literally not mean anything to your relationship. No, not to our relationship, but he has an egghead. I think, honestly, Ben losing his hair would be really bad. But for him, like, he would have to go through it. Like, yeah, it would course, be emotional for him. He It'd would be have emotional to, for me, too. I want him to be happy. Right, you would be, but not because of the loss of hair for you. No, I wouldn't be unattracted to him. No, no, no. Right. Yeah, I think you could let this go. Yeah, you don't Especially need Especially if it doesn't bother him. And, like, you know, if it's really going as rapidly as you say it is, he will notice soon enough and... He will either take measures or decide to, you know, live a bald life. And this is really a him problem and something, a journey that he has to kind of walk alone. Yeah. I walk a lonely road. Lonely road. That's all I've ever known. Okay. Ready for like the big deer toasters update? I'm ready. So I have her original submission here. She was 36 years old. She had two serious relationships. It didn't work out, but she had a really steady job and an apartment. And she was in this crossroads because she wanted to have a baby. And she was thinking more and more about doing it on her own. Yes. She wrote to us for advice asking, you know, Jackie, do you think you could ever do it alone? Do you have any friends who have done this? Um, But she wondered what we said. And we totally encouraged her. Yeah. But we also urged like caution because it's, it's It's not easy and takes a village. Do you have a village? But we also said, you know, if, you know, you only have so much time as a woman, unfortunately. And like, if this is something that's so important to you, do it. So ready? Hi, Claudia and Jackie. I'm writing with an update for my dear toaster submission. I'm the 36-year-old toaster looking into single motherhood. After careful consideration, I decided to go with the single mother by choice route. I went to a fertility clinic. I started making the moves, blood work, ultrasounds, etc. One day in early December, I was online looking at sperm donors when I heard Taylor Swift's lover playing on the speaker outside my apartment. I opened the door and there's my ex-boyfriend with a ring asking me to marry him. We had broken up a year ago because he wasn't ready to get married and I needed the commitment. I was so surprised and so happy. Fast forward a few months. We just found out a few weeks ago that I'm pregnant. I'm literally going to cry. 
We must have gotten pregnant right when we got back together because I'm now 13 weeks along. I guess our favorite saying is true. Man plans, God laughs. Congrats to Jackie on her second pregnancy. I'm so happy that we're on the same timeline. I mean, it couldn't get better. You couldn't write it better than that. I know. Oh my God, I'm obsessed. I didn't and know that see, those I feel things like, happen. I know. And I feel like this is proof that like when you prioritize yourself and like you make yourself happy and like you do what's right for you, like good things happen. Yeah. Like you don't seek validation in others, in relationships. Like you want something, you're doing it on your own. Like people are attracted to that. Yeah. I literally got emotional reading that. Me too. I have full body chills. I'm I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. This is the most amazing outcome. I didn't know that ex-boyfriends just show up with a ring playing lover. You know what? Because she she said, I want a commitment. And she bounced. For a whole ass year, she let this man spiral. And he saw the best thing walk out of his life. So much so that he ran and got a ring. You know, we could learn a lot from this girl. She's a queen. Queen. I'm so happy for you, Mazel Tov. Oh, I'm so happy. And you're pregnant at the same time as Jackie O. Let's chat. Let's chat. So Let's swap good, stories. The real moral here is when you write into Dear Toasters, good things happen. So that email account, we do weekly advice, deartoasters at gmail.com for your submissions. Try and keep it brief. You know, need to know details. Don't be writing an essay. I can't read that on here. Um, and it's always anonymous. So deartoasters at gmail.com. Thank you guys to everyone who wrote in. Thank you, Jax, for being you. Thank you, Claude, for being you. Thank you so much for listening to the Toast the Millennium Morning Show where we deliver the fast five stories that you need to know every Monday through Friday on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe and give this video a thumbs up. We're also available as a podcast anywhere podcasts can be found. So that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Public Radio, iHeartRadio, CastBox, all the places. So wherever you listen to podcasts, find us the Toast. Leave a five-star review about a beautiful, strong and smart we are and wickedly talented. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow for Thursday's episode. Love ya. Bye. Bye.